0: Not documenting your systems does not make you unreplaceable. It makes you unpromotable. You are listening to Gabrielle Johnson, who went from assistant
1: to chief of staff and oversees all the systems and support for multiple companies. In this episode, we break down how important it is to establish a foundation between the CEO and the integrator how to have a growth mindset when you're supporting a CEO that has multiple companies and the secret to getting more leverage. This episode is for those who want to have a powerful integrator or assistant that will continue to keep growing with your vision. Those who want to have a strong team member to keep up with the never ending ideas. You don't want to miss this episode. So the question is, how do entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and experts scale to create a massive business all while having fun and impacting lives? Welcome to The Raquel Show. I'm your host, Raquel Quinnett, business coach, real estate entrepreneur, investor, wife, and sports mom. This podcast will give you real quick tips, strategies, tools, and inspire you to help you play bigger in business and in life. Are you ready? Let's grow to the next level. Welcome to the Raquel show. This show is for entrepreneurs who want to play bigger in business and in life. And today I have a very special guest, one that I met at on zoom first, and then we finally met in person. Full disclosure, I've had the honor and the privilege of seeing her grow leaps and bounds, and she's probably one of the youngest people that I've ever coached. And when I say age is nothing but a number, it truly is the case with this woman. Her maturity, her attention to details... Her passion to execute and prioritize makes her one of the best operators in our industry that I have ever seen. And I tell her that she is a gift to all of us. She is a gift to her CEO. And she is extremely talented. Most people who listen to our show are CEOs, and I always say behind or side-by-side, every great CEO is a very talented integrator and operator who's willing to constantly grow and keep up with them. So I want to welcome you all to this amazing woman that you guys all get to hear from. Welcome to the show, Gabrielle Johnson. Thank you, Raquel. I'm so excited to have this conversation with you because I think you can teach a lot of people that listen to the show. And when I was reading your bio, you started at the age of 21 in real estate, but not as an agent. As an assistant, so my question: Let's just like start it off with like what really piqued your interest about the assistant role, or did you even know what you were getting into? And how many hats have you worn so far? Because I think that's always an interesting question.
0: Yeah, so I started in real estate. It was March 2019 with Kelly and Harris Vision Platform. Keller Williams. She does all of the things but i was actually working as an hr business partner for a local distribution center called universe and i was working second shift so my hours were like 1 p.m. to 10 p.m. and i had a little brother who was it was his senior year and it was baseball season and i knew that i just i didn't want to miss any more baseball games and so as an hr person if somebody got hurt on the premises then the hr person would take them to the hospital and we unfortunately had a workplace accident and I was sitting in the ER with my laptop and I decided that I didn't want to do it anymore. And so I started looking at jobs and saw that Kelly and Harris was hiring for an executive assistant. Didn't even know what that meant, but I was like, I'm just going to apply and see. I've always been interested in real estate. Since I was young, I loved looking at houses, which everybody says. And so I didn't know where it would lead me and interviewed and got the job with Kelly. And I remember asking her like multiple times throughout the long interview process, you know, what would I be doing? And she, you know, as a CEO, kind of was just like, every day is going to be different. I'm just going to throw things at you. We're just going to see how, you know, it all works out. And I talked to my grandmother and we were like, let's just let's just jump into it and see where it leads. And so that's where it brought me to today. Okay. So it brought you here. And I know that you've probably, when someone
1: says, hey, we're going to throw things at you. How many hats have you
0: worn already being in this organization with Kelly? So when I started out as executive assistant, I helped out a lot on like the Keller Williams Market Center side. So at that point, she had She had the one in Owensboro, Kentucky. She had just launched the one in Elizabethtown, Kentucky, and then she was taking over one in Columbus. So I helped her through all of the launch process with that Ohio one, taking it over, helped out hiring any kind of market positions that she needed. I helped out with the marketing, the operations, the onboarding, offboarding, really had my hand in just a little bit of all the market center functions. And then with her team, I helped out with 42 Touch a little bit or 36 Touch, helped out with events. Also did recruiting. I ran her calendar, did some personal assisting stuff for her, helped out with property management where I was needed. Just really whatever Kelly said, I was eager to learn. I think one of the biggest things that has given me as much knowledge as I had is that we actually shared an office. So every single call that she was on, like I was in the background listening to everything that she said. I learned how Kelly talked. I learned the language that she used and also had access to her email. So anything that she was in, any calls, any trainings, any emails, like I was there and I just, I was able to absorb it all. Oh my gosh. What a phenomenal
1: like background to have learned side by side. I always think that that is the best when you could speak your CEO's language and really think how they think. And what you just named off for those that are listening, you named off three companies, market centers, which are offices and brokerages. You named off a real estate team, which is also another entity. And you named off a property management company. So you were overseeing all of that while trying to learn right there. That's like four companies plus (laughs) somebody's life, which I think if you guys know Kelly and Harris, if you haven't listened to her episode, go back and listen to it. Like that's another entity within itself. Well, multiple, Right. right. And so how do you prioritize, I guess, and how do you manage it all when things are a fire hose, especially in the
0: beginning? I think there's two things, obviously, time blocking your calendar. That was a big thing just because things get thrown at you all the time whenever you're supporting somebody that has such a high level. And the other thing that I would say was communication between me and Kelly. Like it was so important that we had our weekly one on ones because, you know, I have to think for Kelly. I have to answer for Kelly sometimes. And Just being able to have that time where it's dedicated to us both where I can ask my questions so I don't have to bother her, you know, throughout the day or throughout the week. Just really time blocking and having my one-on-ones with her, which I feel like that was, you know, extremely crucial.
1: Okay. So let's get this. So for those that are also listening, you have one call, one one one-on-one that's completely time blocked to run all of her companies. That is amazing. What <laughs> did that like look like for you now? You went from assistant to now leading departments. How is that from what you've learned in that relationship transferred over to your leadership today?
0: I feel like me and Kelly, like we're able to have an extremely transparent relationship. She knows me and I know her. So she knows when I'm getting to the point where, you know, my plate might be getting a little bit full and she needs to take a step back and just be like, you know, hey, let's dive back into this department. Let's make sure everything's okay. We've really been able to learn how to work with each other and be honest with each other. And I think that's, you know, really, really important as our relationship continues to grow. How do you put boundaries? I find that a lot of
1: support and a lot of like even CEOs don't always have boundaries when we coach and consult some of these companies. How have you been able to establish that in your relationship?
0: It comes back to just being honest. You know, she knows that I have a life, you know, after whenever I get off, I have things that are going on. But also, you know, I also understand how her brain works and that, you know, if she texts me at 9pm that she's not expecting me to do, you know, that item at 9pm, she needs to get it off her brain because as soon as it hits her brain, she needs to get it out so she can think about the next thing. So we already have that established where she knows that she can text me after hours I'm going to respond, but I might not exactly get it that item done unless it's like nine one one. this is urgent. I need you to do this real quick for me. Um, so we've established that whenever it comes to our boundaries. but also, I think it just kind of comes down to the work ethic. Like there I understand that there's things that she's gonna reach out to me after hours on weekends before I get to work. And, you know, I have respect for her where I'm gonna get those things done for her. I absolutely love it. And one of the things that
1: I love about you is, you know, for those that are listening is they're saying, wow, this is a really big world. And Gabs is able to handle so many different things. And you have the experience like you had just mentioned coming from corporate, especially like human resources, and you've done some recruiting. What have you learned from recruiting? Because I know that this doesn't happen just by yourself. A lot of people are thinking, oh my God, what a really big world. But what you've been able to do is actually leverage key people. So what have you found in recruiting to help you build the team that you have today?
0: I think like the first thing, whenever I was analyzing, you know, with Raquel and my coaching, you know, what did I have on my plate that I needed to get off? And through that, I was able to brain dump, like just get everything off my mind. What do I do? What do I need to get off my plate? And then really building my standard operating procedures And having all those in place because I had to have all that in place before I was able to give that job off to somebody else. Mm,
1: So good. And by the way, when I say (laughs) she's one of the fastest executor, when we gave her that task, it was like, done. Next coaching call. (laughs) Yep. So on the flip side, what has been the most challenging part when it comes to support or even what you see when it comes to support and a CEO that has lots of ideas?
0: Definitely delegation. I know my work ethic and I know I know the level that I'm going to complete a task. And so, you know, I'm able to take what Kelly says in a few words or maybe even even a sentence. And, you know, execute her idea. So being able to delegate that to somebody else and like, you know, it's going to take a little bit more time just because I'm going to have to explain exactly, you know, word for word, maybe what she's wanting. I feel like that's been my hardest lesson because I can't do everything. I have to delegate it to a team. And if I sit there and do everything, then I'm not doing anybody on my team justice because I'm not giving them the opportunity to step up, show their talents and get the additional responsibilities that I need off my plate.
1: You know, that's one thing that we see, even from the CEO, giving it to their assistant is probably not always clear and it's not always delegated, but how do you continue to follow up? Because that's also a gap that we see, right? How do you continue to follow up when you know how Gabs would do it? And if you pass that baton to somebody else, it may not come back in the way Kelly wants it, or like they may drop the ball. How have you been able to stay on top of all of that?
0: Definitely a work in progress. But I think, you know, using tools like Trello, a scorecard, you know, whatever it needs to look like, just having those things in place so you can have consistent communication through your one-on-ones to have that documentation. So, you know, whenever you need to follow up with that person, you can find the items that you need to go back over. (laughs) So let's take, because you have now departments and you
1: lead several people. How many people do you lead? Right now, it's a total of four people. Okay, so for people that also run departments and like people behind them and teams behind them, you know, in a situation where somebody is not performing, and this is good for a lot of people that are listening, when somebody's not performing, how do you correct that behavior so that they can continue to perform? What is it that you ask? What is it, what's the routine or what's the rhythm that you guys kind of put in place or the procedure?
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, that happens because everybody has things that's going on outside of work. That's typically whenever you see something like that going on, like there's an additional factor outside typically. And so whenever that comes up, you know, obviously just addressing it as quick as you can, because you don't want that stuff to linger on. So addressing that typically verbally or in writing, however you need to do it. And then if you see that, you know, if you see a pattern, then bringing it up again in a written document for like a performance improvement plan. Because you need to have specific examples of exactly what is the behavior that you're seeing. And then you need to have a plan in place because I want it to be a partnership. If that comes up, like, this is what I'm seeing. This is how I'm going to help you. And this is going to be our solution. Because if this doesn't happen, then, you know, obviously we look at additional things such as termination if it has to come to that. But it's really, you know, I care about my team and I want to make sure that they all succeed because I don't want to have to go back through the process of rehiring and retraining that position just because that's going to take a lot more work on me. So if there is an instance where somebody isn't, you know, performing to their job task, just being honest with them, being upfront, just getting it out of the way because I don't want that to linger on.
1: You know, you've been in a world and you brought up like recruiting and you don't want to have to go through that if you have to terminate. What have you found now that as the company starts to shift, as you guys continue to grow, how do you get people prepared for their next role?
0: So there was a quote that I heard, and I know you've heard it because I say it on all my calls and it's not documenting your systems does not make you unreplaceable. It makes you unpromotable. So I heard that quote and it just stuck with me because then I was like, everybody, we have to make sure everything is documented because if we want to grow, we have to set the next person up for success. Mm. So, so good.
1: Any key things for those that are listening and maybe looking to hire somebody like Gabs or somebody talented? What is it? What if you had to replace
0: yourself speaking of replacement, right? Like if you had to replace yourself today, what would you look for? I think what I would look for if I was going to replace myself is finding somebody who has grit. Obviously, the experience, not a lot of people have experience in real estate. So that's not usually something that I look for. But I do want to dive into their positions. Have they been able to support multiple people? Have they been in a role like that? I think you can go back to job history. And found a lot. You can even go back to like college and were they involved on campus? Were they, you know, did they have a job during college? Just like finding those additional things that allows you to see that they can take on a lot, they can juggle a lot of things. I think that's most important. Mm, I love that. So you basically said grit and like
1: probably capacity or bandwidth because of where your world is today. The next question is what makes a CEO and integrator or a visionary and integrator relationship successful because everybody's different mm-hmm. and everybody operates different but what do you think are the key things that make that partnership or that relationship successful
0: so i think the most important thing is understanding the visionary's vision obviously that's important we got to know where we're going As an integrator, you know, our brains are always trying to figure out the details. And obviously, you know, the visionaries don't always have all the details. But just understanding, like, where are we going, timeframes, you know, if that's available, that's extremely important to know as well. Because from there, you know, we can figure out the systems and the tools and the operations that we need to be able to get there. But I think that's extremely important. And just kind of knowing the direction you know, as are we growing, are we kind of staying where we need to stay to figure out some systems? I think that's important as well.
1: You know, one of the things that I see with teams, especially in the real estate industry is the salespeople want to grow and the support people are like, Oh no growth again. How have you been able to keep that conversation as a positive thing and not have your support team and all the people that you lead go, we don't want to grow because it's more work for us?
0: Yeah. And that definitely comes up, you know, that's obviously that that's a conversation that happens. And the way that we try to look at it is, you know, do you want to grow in your position? Do you want to make more money? I think the money is like the the biggest thing for us. Because if we're not growing, none of us can make more money. Mm
1: -hmm. So, so true. And so well said. What advice would you give to a CEO that's thinking about realigning maybe their organization or thinking about hiring
0: their next assistant or their executive assistant? What advice would you give to them? I think for somebody that's looking to hire an executive assistant, I think you know, brain dumping, what exactly do you want that person to do? You might not know 100%, but I think it's important to establish like the pillars of your business and how, like, what points do you want them to support you at? And then from there, you can build a really good 30-60-90 or training plan, whatever that may look like. But I think establishing like where is that person going to come in to your need and taking stress off of your plate, I think that's extremely important. And then providing them good training, They're going to need that. A lot of times for executive assistants, you don't really get a whole lot of training. It's you're going to sink or you're going to swim. Some people can handle that. And you're going to find out really quickly if your person can or if they can't. And the last thing that I would say is definitely finding them a really good coach just because it can be hard in that role. Cause there's, you know, it's not like you're an agent, so there's not going to be a lot of people around you that can, you know, fully understand, you know, what you're going through in your role and what struggles they may have. So really investing in a good coach to allow them to level up. I think that's a game changer as well. Oh, so good.
1: You know, you said training and a lot of times, especially in our space, we say, just listen, just follow. What do you say would be like great pillars of a good training, especially for somebody that's detailed, especially for support that they're very detailed and they want stability. They want to feel safe
0: and that their job's not on the line every single day, like a salesperson. I think whenever you're looking at building a training plan, and this is something that we've talked about whenever we were building an executive assistant training plan recently, was you know have those pillars of what you want them to focus on, but then go back and grade them on the level of understanding that they have on those platforms. I think that's really important because then you're going to have them, you know, explain to them what did they learn and how do they understand the platform? And then you can see your gaps. Mm,
1: So good. As you look back on your journey, what's something you wished you learned sooner? Oh, man, that's a good question. (laughs) You're like the secret magic, right? Uh, Like I say, our our admins, our support people, our integrators, they're like the secret ninja behind the organization. It allows us as CEO and visionaries to do what we do best. So as you
0: look back, what do you
1: think you wish you would have learned sooner?
0: I feel like I wish I would have learned sooner of just getting my hands on everything that I can, because I feel like whenever you first start in a job, sometimes you're a little bit weary about, you know, not knowing what you don't know. But I think jumping in and just taking a hand of anything that you can just, you know, taking the bull by the horns and just learning as quickly as you can. I think that's important. And just, you know, really taking the time to, you know, get yourself involved in every aspect of that. You know, CEO's life that you can, I think that's really important. You know, speaking of getting your hands in everything, what is
1: it that you do as the organization starts to grow and continues to grow?
0: What is it that you do for yourself to make sure and ensure that you continue to grow with the organization or with your CEO? I think getting involved with coaching, obviously, that's a big one. Also, you know, finding other people who are in similar roles that I am in, maybe in different industries, just because it's going to be the same no matter where you go. It's going to be the same types of stuff that you're dealing with, but other people are going to have different ideas, different ways that they execute systems. And so I think opening yourself up to maybe not just the real estate industry, trying to learn about different industries and different roles. I think that's really important. And then also just you know listening to podcasts, reading books, doing all those things are really important too. Speaking of books, which one of your favorites that you could recommend? Founder and Force Multiplier. That is a game changer. Yep, I read that one um, whenever I first started as an executive assistant and I just gave that to an executive assistant that I'm training to read as well.
1: Love it. So what's next for Gavs and what are you most excited about that you're working on? What
0: is next? I'm really not sure. I mean, I'm just going wherever Kelly tells me to go. Um, So you never know what position you're going to be in in Kelly's world. And I'm totally up for that because I think the more that I can learn The better, the more I can learn to support the organization. You know, I'm all for that. And I'm just kind of going wherever it takes me.
1: You know, I love your growth mindset, and not every admin and not every assistant or every integrator or even salespeople
0: really have that growth mindset. How did you develop that? I think I've seen Kelly's growth and I've seen the direction that it can take. You know, she's going to go as far as she can for her people and just, you know, clinging to that and just being her right hand person through all of that. I know that she's gonna take care of me as I continue to grow with her. And I'm always gonna have a seat, you know, at the table with her. Just I have to continue showing up and continue working and learning. And I'm gonna grow with her. You've dropped
1: a ton of nuggets in this interview. Where can people connect with you?
0: So I'm on Facebook and Instagram, Gabrielle Johnson, and um, I guess through email as well. It's gabs at KW.com. Super simple, super easy, and we'll definitely put it in
1: the show notes. And as we wrap up, there's always one question that I ask every single guest on the show is what does Gavs do to play bigger in business and in life?
0: I think what I do is I put myself in rooms like yours, Raquel, where I can learn from other people. Yeah, that's what I do to play bigger. And what do you do for fun? Because I would love
1: to know what people like. I know that I know what you do, but I think it's really, really cool.
0: So what do you do for fun? I am a horse girl. I'm all about equestrian life. I've been riding horses since I was three years old. And that's what I do for fun on the weekends. So if you definitely connect with her on social, you'll see that
1: side of her. And it is so beautiful when you actually get to see her like ride the horses. I never knew so much about horses till this year or these last two years. And I'm just falling more and more in love with them because I didn't, I had no idea, had no idea. We don't have that, that type of lifestyle here, probably in California or Arizona that I grew up with. So I want to say Thank you so much, Gabs, for all of your wisdom, for all of your knowledge. Like I said earlier in the intro, you are one of the best operators that I've seen in this industry. And Kelly is extremely lucky to have you. So thank you for your time. I appreciate you. I appreciate you and how you show up. And I'm excited to keep playing bigger with you. Thank you so much, Raquel. Thank you for listening to this episode and hanging out with me today. If you're loving The Raquel Show and you've gotten value from it for your business or your life, please don't forget to hit the follow button so you never miss an episode. I'd love to connect with you further. So text me at www.textraquel.com and send me a message. You'll be added to our VIP list for updates and special events we're hosting for our community. I look forward to hanging out with you on the next episode.